Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Eurosport Player is the place to watch the UCI Road World Championships live and on demand. Follow the action from every race as Cycling's Elite battle for the rainbow jersey and catch up on all the best action available on demand. Visit eurosportplayer.com now to sign up. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport. I'm Bradley Wiggins. I'm Molly Weaver. And I'm Adam Greener. Coming up today, we'll be previewing the World Championship in Innsbruck. Plus, we'll take a look back on an eventful World Tour 2018. Hello, Brad. Nice to see you. Thank you, yeah. Molly, Good. welcome back. Thank welcome you. Back, Molly. Good to have you here. <laughs> Good to be uh, back. <laughs> Molly, you've been training for a cyclocross event, haven't you? Yeah, it's been going really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad. But fun is the aim, and I'm not having that either because I keep falling off, but it'll come, I think. What are the challenges of cyclocross? Um, not falling off continuously, and then when you do fall off, being able to jump back on the bike without falling off in the process of that. Yeah. Is there a frustration because of uh, your road cycling pedigree to going to something that you think, oh, that should be easy enough, and then it's it's perhaps more challenging? I think I was surprised. Not that I wasn't surprised I was bad. I'm surprised how hard I'm finding it being bad. I thought I'd be able to take it in my stride, but actually when you're a perfectionist and you you come from something you were good at and now you're doing something you are bad at, it is frustrating, yeah. You tried it, Brad? I tried it once, yeah. I think it's on film <laughs> Did somewhere. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything where you have to get off the bike and jump over something and yeah. run and all that, that was the yeah. worst bit. Yeah. I think like mountain biking, you stay on the bike most of the time, but cyclocross is... It's impressive when you see the real the pros do it and how quick they can dismount and remount and all that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's another world and wasn't 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 my cup of tea. No, uh, Molly, do you think you'll go back to road cycling eventually? Yeah, the plan is that next year I have a comeback in the in the year and then hopefully sign again into the World Tour at the end of next year. Yeah. Right, well, good luck. Uh, let's have a look ahead to the World Championships, which start in Austria this weekend. The route looks to be one of the toughest in history, with climbs in both the individual and team time trials. The men's road race will cover 265 kilometres, with around 5,000 metres of climbing and a final climb that ramps up to 25%. The British team in the road race features the likes of Hugh Carthy, Theo Gagan-Hart, James Knox, Ian Stannard, Connor Swift, the Yates brothers... What do you make of the team looking at it, Brad, on paper? Well, I think it's a team selected on current form. And obviously, you know, there's some notable names missing. Geraint Thomas, Chris Frooms, you know, the people that you've become accustomed to. Um, But I think what's good about it is that it's a team, Connor Swift getting his opportunity, having won the National Road Race in impressive style. And, um, you know, some of the other guys there, Hugh McCarthy, we saw at the Tour of Britain, Teo. Um, so there's some there's some youngsters there that are getting an opportunity to shine on what is going to be a really tough course. Um, so I think it's it's good, really. I think you know rather than taking guys that are just at the World Championships because of who they are and just to be present and 
maybe get halfway through the race and climb off as they probably would do at the current state of affairs as we saw in the Tour of Britain with the likes of Geraint and, and Chris that are, have had already a long, hard season. I think this is an opportunity for the young guys to really that are informed to to show what they're made of. And Matt Bramier in charge rather than Rod Ellingworth. Do you expect much to change in the the style of... Well, I just think it freshens it up a bit. And I think it's it's not that sky stranglehold on BC and, you know, everyone, you know, just changing T-shirts and it basically being, you know, most of the time they have sky mechanics there, the sky trucks there, they use the sky bus, even though you're on British duty. So I think it'll be quite, it's just kind of a bit refreshing really and a breath of fresh air, some new ideas, maybe someone putting their own stamp on it rather than um, just... But having said that, Matt's come through the whole system anyway. He was one of Rod's boys. Same age as Geraint, came out of that class of 2003, 4, 5 that we've been speaking about the last few weeks. So um, I, I can see it as a good thing, really, yeah. How do you think the Yates brothers will have recovered from the welter, Molly? I think you can never know until until you see it, but I think people are almost talking Adam Yates a bit more likely now because he obviously had an easy first couple of weeks of the welter, so potentially he's now going to have like peaked through this last week. Whereas Simon, you've got to think, you don't know, after he's going to be on like, media duties probably and have lots of things, he'll have the come down of the high of the welter and it might be hard to then keep like sustaining that. Um, but I think they also have, yeah, some of the young guys who can support it, but also like outside shots of doing something themselves. You've obviously you won the, the tour, that, that super high. I think the vault is quite different though. I remember when I got third in the vault in 2011, it was straight home that night. There's no dinner there's no team dinner there's no party there's no you come back to the uk no one knows in the uk that the vault is on you don't have the same media circus so he's not going to go on good morning britain with the nation's favorite voicemail in um piers morgan and you know he's not going to have that hysteria of him having obviously been in the newspapers but obviously i think he lives in andorra simon so he'll go back to andorra more than likely try and recover for a couple of days before heading out to the world so um it's not the same as the tour, and, and unfortunately, the Vuelta and his victory won't resonate as much in the UK as Geraint's tour win did. Um, but he'll be, um, if he can keep his head on, which I'm sure he can. I mean, I don't think they're wild childs, you know, the pair of them. And, you know, he's got an opportunity to win the world championship. And um, and I'm, I'm sure if Simon just keeps his head on for another couple of days, you know, another week or two. Um, we've seen the form he's in. What other names do we throw in as potential favourites, do you think, Molly? I think someone like an Alaphilippe, he's carried phenomenal form from the tour and he's the kind of rider got a bit of spark in him in this kind of course where maybe someone who's a bit more of a puncher, climber, you know, can get away with it, I think. There are other, I think someone like Emric Mass from mm. the Vuelta as well, even Lopez, like even the, like that podium, they also seem to sort of come good in the in the last stages where they actually end up breaking away and he won that stage. So it's almost like they've ridden conservatively and it's helped them build through the world I think maybe they'll all hold it quite well Thibaut Pinot seemed to get stronger yeah. in the Vuelta as well yeah. is he someone that's got a chance with the climb yeah I mean race? a lot of those guys they are Grand Tour specialists and they ride themselves in and they get better day after day they have their bad days and they kind of they'll. if the world's had come one day after the Vuelta you might have put them in that in that ring but a one day race is completely different to a, a stage race where you can you can feel your body each day and know how fast to push it I think no one would discount Peter Sagan. Come through the whole Vuelta. You know, no one really knows how he's had a quiet Vuelta. Um, got beat in a couple of sprints, but um, God, could he do number four? You know, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, well, he's playing down his chances, isn't yeah. he? Saying it's it's one for the real climbers. Is he right to play down his chances? Well, I don't know. I mean, as Adam said a few weeks on the sh- ago on the show, Adam Blythe, in that um, 
he wouldn't discount him. And we've seen what they said with the Olympic road race, that that was for yeah. climbers and what Greg Van Avermaet did there. A climber's course in modern-day cycling means doesn't mean that, you know, like we used to see with Pantanis and what have you, you still see sprinters, good sprinters, getting over those hills. So it depends how the race is ridden, but it just, you just depends what day Peter Sagan is on as well. Next month's book signing in London. Entry to meet him costs £20. Right. Waterstone says time with the 28-year-old will be limited and selfies with Sagan will not be possible. He's, he's good for cycling just with his very presence, isn't he, yeah. whether he wins yeah. or not? He knows it, though. You can, I, I think he does, yeah. 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 But we're not paying 20 quid to go and see him, are we? <laughs> no. I'm not no. personally. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think he enjoys it, though. He has fun with it. So, actually, it's kind of it's part of his draw. I think mm. in the same way, a little bit, with someone like Alaphilippe, you can see it. They've got personality. They've got, yeah. like, persona. So it's someone where people want to go and see him, not just because he's the multiple world champion, but because he's a personality to yeah. go and see. And it's and the sport it's needs an event him. For, yeah. I think it's definitely... Yeah. Uh, he's different. You can see that. He's a, there's, a, there's a star quality about him, um, even at the world. So, you know, people watching him and, you know, he's, he's he is the real deal. And, you know, his personality comes across what like some of the things they were doing on Eurosport this year during the tour when you're asking Peter questions and um he he's he's he is the face of the sport, I still think. And I mean he will play his chances down because they haven't got a strong yeah. squad. It just comes with his little brother and they get on with it and they'll stay quiet at the back of the race. But I'm sure he'll pop up in that last lap somewhere. I hope he does. I really hope he does win it. It'll be you know, we've become accustomed and used to seeing him in that world yeah. champs jersey as well. And it's a bit odd when he does a time trial, he puts the normal Bora suit on because you're not used to seeing him in those. So. I feel like if he doesn't win it, it needs to be someone else with personality that can almost live up to yeah. what it's become like known as the world champion has become the face of cycling. Falverde, uh, maybe? Yeah, he could, yeah. yeah maybe some, somebody like a Nibbly. He's yeah. been really quiet in the world. Obviously, he came off injury. Yeah. But you don't know if he's going to sort of spring a bit of a surprise. He seemed to use the Vuelta as a training yeah. bike, yeah. didn't he? yeah. And he, he's that rider that, you know, he can knows his body so well, so experienced at this. He'd have had one eye on the World Championships for sure, yeah. Great one-day rider as well, so. Right, let's have a look at the time trial. The British riders competing, Alex Dowsett and Theo Gagan-Hart. What do you both make of their selection? Well, again, it's on form. Um, you know, the natural selections would have been Chris and, 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 and G on top form. But obviously, they, they've almost said themselves that their season's done now. They're just seeing it out. Um, so Alex Dowsett is sort of your next natural selection. I'm not too sure whether Steve Cummings put his name in the ring or not. Obviously, he's just finished the Walter. Um, but after that, obviously, then Alex Dowsett and Teo wouldn't necessarily have chosen Teo, but again, Development great opportunity, opportunity yeah. for him to, to take that place rather than it go untaken. Yeah, he'll have learnt a lot about himself in the Vuelta, won't he, Teo? Yeah, I've seen some of my interviews and I think he was a bit surprised in certain aspects of it, I think. Going in, I mean, we, I've never done a three-week tour, but I think especially your first one, he's been riding a long time before it as well. It's been a lot of build-up. Yeah. I think you almost have these expectations that maybe then it doesn't go exactly as you think. But I think it's worth taking someone like that because, yeah, obviously you could take someone like a Chris, but, yeah. but they they don't actually want to be there in terms of doing the race and they're not going to be on the form for it. Whereas for him, you know, maybe in the future he could win it. You don't, you can't yeah. see like five, ten years no, ahead of time. No, it's yeah. yeah. Is it hard to look past, though, the likes of, of Tom Dumoulin, for instance, as the winner? Uh, yeah, I mean, just obviously just never know at the World Championship. And, it, you know, it could be that Tony Martin all of a sudden seems like he's passed his best. Yeah. But we said that about Cancellara a few years ago and he popped up and won the Olympic time trial. So, 
you know, the world's time trial is such a specific thing and it's so, it's that one race and it's, you know, the experience will pay, you know, Tony, I'm sure, you know, he's so experienced at that effort, that type of effort, he'll be in the ring somewhere. I wouldn't put it past, a, you know, a Kirienka again who surprised everyone a few years ago. He's 38 now, I think, Kiri. But I watched him just in that time trial in the Tour of Britain, the team time trial, and he was doing the majority of the work from the, in that squad, uh, the Sky squad that finished second that day. So, He's an outside bet, but of course, Tom is defending champion. We don't know where he has form-wise after two Grand Tours this year, two Grand Tour podiums as well. Um, um, just where he is on that day, you know, and where he's going to. But there, there might be a surprise. Actually, it might be a. You can't discount Rowan Dennis either. Rowan, of yeah. course, yeah. I mean, finished the world too early to focus yeah, on. If I would probably pick Rowan at this stage as as the winner. Um, with the podium maybe being Tom, depending on his form. He's had great preparation, hasn't he? With As you say, what, yeah. he, what he achieved. He's he won a trio easy, of, he? Yeah, like he won of, easy as of well. Grand Tour time trials, but he seems to have almost just honed that pedigree. Mm. Like He's always been one you kind of throw in with the yeah. like winners of stages, but in the past couple of years, he seemed like a pretty solid bet to win. But he also, he also seems ready for it. Yeah. Like it's his time now. Yeah. He's old enough and experienced enough that, yes, he could win the world title next week. What could make the difference between those three names, let's say, Dumoulin, uh, Rowan Dennis and, and Tony Martin, what what could be the difference? One of them maybe makes a little mistake or, or puts yeah, in that extra. I think it's current form, yeah, really. Yeah, it's end of season, at this isn't stage, it? Really? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a simple thing. It's about going out and getting as close to 450 watts for an hour as possible. And whoever can do that on the day, depending on the build-up, and you would have to say that Rowan is in the best... A Tom de Milan in July, yes, 100%, you would say he'd be the outright favourite. We just don't know where his form is at the moment. You know, It's been a long time since the Tour de France, and he's had a long season up to this point. Whether he's still got that, the capacity to produce an effort like that this late in the season, he'll have a go, but you know his body might let him down a bit at this stage, but Rowan, you'd have to say, is the man... Well, the team time trial kicks things off at the championship on Sunday. The winner will go down in history as the last trade team to win the world title as their involvement comes to an end this year. Team Sunweb won last time. Are they still the team to beat or is or is it anyone's to win? I'd still think Quickstep and Sky for me, those two. Historically, they've still got the best squads. Just It depends what sort of squad someone like Sky can field at this stage. You know, they've got the likes of Ian Stanner. They've got such strength in depth. But the big the big powerhouses like, you know, G and Froome, it's whether, you know, obviously they haven't got the they can't rely on them at this stage of the season, but they've still got the likes of Kirienka, you know, some of them young kids that we don't can't even pronounce their names that, you know, are, are big talents. So it's, I think it's still between those two squads, quick step, that just, you know, they just seem to get it right every week. You just seem, I mean, I they're probably the most successful, aside from Sky, probably the most successful team this year, haven't they, in terms of victories? And um, you could just never discount them. Do you think it's right that they're, they're sort of shelving the idea of, of this type of team time trial? Um, I'm kind of in two minds about it. I think they could have kept it, but maybe not had it at the same time as the as the road races and individual time trials because it is a trade team mm. it, it could be almost a standalone event as any like you know time trial or race could be but um i do i i do see that the value in it kind of diminishing a little bit but i think it's always going to be all those things like half the people say yeah this is great and are they scrapping it all together are they just going to national teams or they i they i thought they were scrapping it all together, all yeah. together yeah. Well, yeah. national teams next quite time sure out, what so they were actually going to do with it but um yeah i mean yeah, I always used to think of it as a headache, it's particularly because I had such an individual mindset for the individual time trial on, on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever it is during the week. 
um, but we'd always have to come in early and do that on the Sunday. Mm. And I always saw it as a disruption to my individual, you know, uh, chances. But the time I won the Worlds in 2004, I did the team time. So I actually thought it aided yeah. my effort of a few days later. So I kind of grew to like it and like the concept of it. I just think, as Molly said, it's, it's I think the timing of yeah, it doesn't draw much of an attention. Yeah. And it's it's a bit odd that you go to do this team time trial and then everyone changes T-shirts yeah. into the, the next day to national team. And you almost have these two things fighting. You have the national teams fighting your trade team, effectively, because your trade team's all yeah. need to win the team time trial. But you might be thinking, well, no, I need to win the individual thing. So it's kind of you're then split between these two worlds where really I think maybe it should be all in. You're in your national jersey. Yeah. You go there and you prepare and you do that rather than being half in the and then swapping yeah. jerseys. I think it's a bit of an odd dynamic. Well, they could look at certainly maybe a week, two weeks yeah. before the Tour de France would be a good... You know, so it could be a case of those big three names we mentioned. Who deals best with that scenario? As, as you said, yeah, Brad, that yeah. could be who goes on to win the individual Definitely, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think with Sunweb last year, they won it on pure preparation. That mm. was they won. They probably weren't on paper, especially the men's team. They weren't the strongest on paper. But that year, I was on Sunweb, and we went to an endless number of camps where the team was obsessed with winning the team time trial. It was it was almost all we ever talked yeah. about. So we were on camps like at least once a month, team time trial. Every camp we went to was team time trial, the men and the women. So I think it was just, it was so honed. So you think, had they put so much into it this time? Now they've already won it and they had Grand Tour ambitions that were maybe a bit bigger than that. So that will come into play whether they I also win think it or not. in terms of the industry, I think it's a, it's bigger than the actual event for the teams. I yeah. think it's more of an industry thing because as, as Molly said, I... Pinarello and the Constructors' Championship, as it were, like Formula One, it was a big thing for the bike manufacturers to be the World Time Trial Champions because they could advertise off that, they could publicise off it. So in some ways, it was almost like a Constructors' title. And it's a shame that they can't have that to let the industry grow and have those bragging rights that they have the fastest time trial bikes. Or So it, it, it would be a shame. It's a shame that they can't. the sport can't work hand-in-hand because hand, the sport needs the industry because... As we've seen, most of the teams now are all sponsored by bike manufacturers in Giant, Sunweb, or, you know, Cervelo a few years ago, and whoever else, Scott Mitchelton, Green Edge, whatever they're called nowadays. <laughs> um, and I think they're a big part of the sport. They put a lot of money into it. So it's a shame they don't get that kind of little bit of a of a race um, because all we're talking, again, is, is an hour once a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, a big thing. So, you know, it might be the, a really bad decision in a few years' time by the UCI or whoever's running the sport nowadays. Uh, let's turn our attention to the women's side of things. Alice Barnes and Hayley Simmons have been selected by Britain for the time trial. What do you make of those selections, Molly? I think... Haley was the more of the obvious choice for that one. I think she's not had such a good season, but she crashed early on. I think she broke her elbow or arm or something and that kind of marred it a little bit. And then I was surprised not to see Hannah Barnes in there above Alice. But then again, you don't know if she requested that because she's going to be one of the leaders for the road race. So it could be that she said, OK, I don't think I can win the time trial. I want to focus on the road race. So that's a good opportunity for, again, development of, of Alice, who in the future could then be you know overtake her as, as a chance for the win so I think it's a good choice I think who is the favorite for the time trial let's start with that uh Van Bluten. uh I think she's on paper looking at this this season she should win it easily she should walk it um Van Dyke Ellen Van Dyke's been the only one to come close but she's she's never been close enough that you've that it's you know been you know it's not been like seconds it's been a comfortable gap where even Ellen herself has had to say I was beaten by by a better rider so I think unless She's sort of fallen off a cliff with her form a bit, which you don't know because there's been a gap, so you're not sure she should walk that, I think, yeah. Uh, is it the same answer for the road race as well, Van Vluten again? She's the favourite. I think that's a little bit 
less known. I think there's a couple of the Dutch riders who could win it. Um, Anna van der Breggen's a bit of an odd one. She obviously dominated the the classics and the Ardennes, and then she almost just stopped racing and said, I'm going to focus on the world. I'm going to miss all the big races. I'm going to miss the Giro, and she's reigning champion. So either that's going to pay off, and she's also missing the time trial, um, and she's going to be the leader, or... I, I would put my money on Van Bluen at this point, yeah. I suppose with a time trial, Brad, you're looking after yourself, but with a road race, other factors can come in to prevent you from winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, there's a, there's a, there'll be a team strategy that day as well. So, you know, you have to kind of align with everyone else's goals and what what's set out that day. So you might not have a choice. You know, it's um, you'll have a job to do and you'll have to play that role to the best of your ability. So... And you never really know. Those time trials take more out of you than you, you can you, you kind of imagine they do over one hour. And I think the mental focus you need for the hour, the physical exertion, the two or three days to recover, it is a, a different effort. And you can find yourself a bit blunted for the road race. And um, so, yeah, it, it is a they, they are to do them both to the full. They're quite quite uh, quite challenging. So anyone else you'd back, Molly? Anyone that could come, as you say, from left field and yeah, there and are lots it? of in the women's. It's there tends to be like the Dutch team and then everyone else is a little bit on their own. You know, maybe they have one teammate who, who can really do something, you know, maybe two, but I mean, the Dutch have like seven who can win it. So you're kind of, there's always a bit of a dynamic of does someone sort of come in and, and foil their plans almost. So someone like an Ashley Moorman, South Africa, she's kind of on her own. Uh, Cassie Nudoma, Poland, kind of on her own. So you've got all these riders who you think, okay, you could win it, but is is the Dutch having seven winners going to work in their favour or as it so often does, actually mar it a little bit because you've got this conflict of three or four who are all like, well, I could win. And then sometimes it doesn't quite gel as it should. I mean, on paper, they should have won Qatar easily. And then Didrikson on her own, you had one teammate, she comes and wins it because actually it just fell apart in the lead out because you've got people fighting each other a little bit. So They did the same at the Euros turns. this year as well, didn't they, in yeah. Glasgow? And yeah, then the Italian one. So yeah, where you just said, "Oh, Voss is going to win." Yeah, then... they'd lined it up for the lead out, and then they didn't get it right. Yeah. And they had someone in the break, and it was kind of all a bit messy. And GB started riding through it. Then the Dutch yeah. started riding, so they they don't always get it right. The Dutch. Okay, well, we'll be back to review the 2018 season after this. Great teams wear great kit. Fuel your passion for the latest cycling gear at the Eurosport shop with thousands of products and discounts on leading brands including Pearl Izumi, POC and Endura. Subscribe to Eurosportshop.com now and get an additional 10% off your first order. Okay, let's have a look at some of the riders that have had a fantastic year. We should start off with Alejandro Valverde. He came back from last year's horrific crash to have a brilliant season. He came close in the Vuelta and won Volta Ciclista at Catalunya and the Abu Dhabi Tour, as well as the GP Miguel Indurain and Volta a la Comunitat Valenciana. Yeah, I mean, he just we, we spoke about him a lot the last few weeks because he, he's, he just, was he 38, 39? And he just... I would say he's getting better and better, but he's just consistent. He's always there. He's there from, from day one of the season to the end of the season. And I'm sure when the world's finishes, he will continue riding his bike through the winter. He doesn't have a long layoff and he'll be back early next season winning. So it's uh, it's impressive. It's a very impressive. Um, we, as I said, we spoke a lot about him and how impressive he is and how he's very unique, how he does it. And there's not many guys that can keep that high level all season. Two Grand Tours he's ridden as well this year, and particularly, as you said, after the the crash he had last year, which could have been career-ending for a lot of riders. So, very impressive once again. What do you make of him, Molly? Yeah, I think it's 
it's impressive, like the longevity of his career, but also like you're saying in one season, you think you see him in like the Ardennes, yeah, and you think, oh, that's the kind of rider he is, and, and you know whatever. And then you see him, oh, he's popped him in a Grand Tour, and then always oh, in the Vuelta, like at the end of the season, yeah. he's still a contender, and is he going to win the Vuelta? And it's, it is kind of there's few riders who actually hold anything for that long and don't really have a massive come down. I mean, some might do like you know an Arden, and then they won't come up to the Vuelta, but he does two Grand Tours, and it is. It is, it is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another man who's had a magnificent season is Julian Alaphilippe. He won Tour of Britain, Le Flesh Wallon, and Classica de San Sebastian. Plus, he won the mountain jersey in two stages at the Tour and had further stage wins at the Tour of the Basque Country and the Dauphiné. Only 26. So he's yeah. in sensational form. Amazing, it? yeah. And I think breakthrough year as well. I know we knew about him before, but really a breakthrough year and just getting with that confidence, he just seems to be kind of you know flying now and um 26 same age as adam uh simon yates sort of and adam um so that that generation of you know kind of that we saw six years ago from the under 23 worlds and they're now taking over the sport if you like they're now winning the big races and for the next 10 years now they're the they're the big names now they're the next chris frooms and peter sagans and that so Brilliant and, and just great to watch. So entertaining as well. You know, it's quite a character. Yeah, yeah he's winning hearts. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> you know, what will it do for French cycling? I think, especially in the tour, massive, it's what they it? needed. Yeah, yeah. massive. Yeah. yeah, they love him as well. Yeah. I mean, he's a real. Yeah, it's what it's what as Molly says. What they needed. You know, and I think we've been crying and waiting for this French. You know, as one's leaving in Sylvain Chavanel, we've finally got another one now. Can... I feel like they keep having like the next hopeful, and they just don't quite make it up to that level so yeah. it's nice to have when we think okay now you see it's already happening yeah. and they've got Pino and stuff but he's not the same personality as yeah. you know kind of as Alaphilippe you know he's, he's a entertainer mm. uh, his team Quickset Floors have also had another amazing year 66 wins and counting at the time of this recording 18 of those went to Viviani 9 went to Gaviria what's their secret they've they've been superb haven't they I mean, from the outside looking, it just looks team spirit. They yeah, all look coherent, happy. Yeah. They all look, I think that that stems down from the manager, uh, well, the management, you know, and obviously Lefebvre is just kind of a big character in the sport. Um, and then under that, the likes of Brian Holm, people like that, that are, that are there on a daily basis and this kind of wolf pack mentality yeah. they all talk about. And they've been like that for years as well. And I think that... Just as I say, from the outside looking in, it just looks a fun team to be in. And I think that then resonates onto the bike. And then that, you know, aside from having class bike riders, I mean, Mass that we saw in the last few days in the Vuelta, you know, his rise as well and the confidence, the whole team gain. And, and Viviani looks as happy as he's looked for a long time in a team. And the season he's had, you know, it's been it's been quite tremendous, really. Yeah, I think quite often in a team, like you can't put your finger on what's made it click in that way I mean you have to have the right dynamic of management and they treat you in the right way and they give you an environment where you can get to know each other and you can form this bond rather than micromanaging it too much almost um I think I read something when Bob Young was won the age best on the age that that was also supposed to be for Alaphilippe and then he went in a breakaway trying to help him and the management was saying okay I have to sit up now and Alaphilippe says no you go like this is for flesh will on you help me there you go and it's that kind of thing of amongst themselves they create that bond where now that's going to be a bond if they stay on that team yeah that's now like they've you know they've given each other effectively yeah. monuments that they've uh, gifted to each other you know yeah it's better work and I, I think from because they've been such an established team going back to the mapai days and under the favorite system i don't i don't think they don't suffer falls either i don't i don't think anyone aside from maybe boonan was ever bigger than the team 
So Tom could sort of decide when he was going to leave and did and went out gracefully and is, and is a great champion of the sport. But some of the other personalities, some of the other characters, particularly like Kittle, is not very well liked in the peloton or certainly in teams, comes with a lot of baggage. And, uh, you know, they they soon got rid of him. You know, he wasn't, even though he's winning stages in the tour and that, I just don't think he, he wasn't the right personality for that team. Why is he not liked, do you think? Uh, I've never raced with him in a team. Um, you, you can only go on what you see, certainly in interviews and stuff. And some of the stories that were coming out of the tour this year, like the kind of the throwing his bike at the bus when he'd finished the stage and kind of having an argument with Konishev on the bus and things like that. And I think a lot of it, the impression I get is there's kind of a bit of a, he doesn't handle losing very easily. It's always someone else's fault rather than kind of accepting the responsibility and trying to, um, I don't know. I mean, I've never really been in a team with him, but this is just the kind of the stories you hear and maybe some of the things he says in interviews. And I think a lot of it's just that accepting. of. I mean, we saw Cav talking the other week and how, uh, when he announced his glandular fever and that, you know, he was more sorry for his teammates that he felt he'd let down, the, the the staff, the team, everyone around him and his fans more than himself. And I think that's always comes across with Cav is that he's not just doing it for himself, he does it for his teammates and he gets as much pleasure out of delivering for the work his team do for him than he does personally. And I think with Kittle, you just get the impression that it's all about him and not, not everyone else. So, um, but as I say, I think, with quick step, I think they soon they just if if the team everyone seems to get on in that team and that comes across and it oozes out of the interviews they do. Brian Holm is just an amazing character. I've ridden under Brian and he's one of the most relaxed director sporties I've ever been in. And directors can get quite kind of um, powerful and protective and kind of it's all again it's all about them and their ego in the team car and. Whereas Brian's completely the opposite. You know, it's all about the riders. You know, he, he doesn't, he just, he's, you know, his meetings can construct of a kind of few senses. Guys, you all know what you're doing. So just get out there. You're amazing. You know, or something like that. He won't kind of, you know, you need to do this today, you need to do that. You know what you're doing. You know, or he'll, he'll be on the radio saying, you guys look cool. You look so cool. And that, that's all he says. And and just sometimes, you know, it's just someone to give you a bit of love and make you feel good about yourself. And yeah, we do know what we're doing. Yeah. And, and like the riders talk amongst themselves and the experienced guys in that team will talk to those guys. And Viviani, you know, he's a he's a brilliant guy as well. And you can see he's got that lead out train just perfect. And it's it's they're a brilliant team. They're the only team I follow on Instagram. So that says a lot about because <laughs> yeah. it's fun to watch what they, you know. So. Yeah, and you feel like it's genuine as well. Yeah. So often you get the whole like teammates thing, and you think, yeah, you're just kind of saying what you say. Whereas them, and when one of them wins, when it does feel like a family has won it, and they're all winning it for each other, and you're just way more invested in doing your job if you genuinely have that feeling rather than yeah. just sort of saying what you're supposed to say about it. Yeah. Let's talk about another successful team, Team Sky. Thirty-six wins for their riders. Of course, the Giro, the Tour, Tirreno Adriatico, Tour of California. It goes on. Yeah. Um, what's left to say about? Geraint Thomas, do you think, and all he's achieved? Yeah, I mean, I, we saw him at the Tour of Britain. I think he, he looked... <laughs> Tired. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it, uh, again, you know, that classic post-tour. I mean, I, I think he still can't believe it and he's still trying to soak it up and I think he's ready for a holiday now. I think he's already got his flip-flops on and he's waiting, you know. So. <laughs> the one in the tour, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, will Chris Froome ultimately be pleased with 2018, even though he didn't win that fifth tour? I think so. Yeah. I think it'll be a conflicted year, but I think actually it's a year where 
things ended better than they could have. So I think going into it, you know, with all the issues there was around him racing the tour and would he be cleared? Would there be this whole court case? You know, what would happen with that? I think that was always going to taint the tour yeah. anyway. I think it's hard, even if it'd been physically perfect, once that like relief had happened, I think it's then hard to switch. I mean, he's human. You can't just switch everything off and be back in the game. So I think... I mean, I, yeah, I think he'll be disappointed, be good, yeah. on, you know, fund, you know, just because he's such a winner. And I think, you know, the season he's had, as Molly said, you know, God, you think the pressure he was under yeah. early season for that whole thing to be cleared up mm-hmm. and to win the Giro when that was going on. Yeah. But his goal was to generally win the double, you know, do the Giro and Tour double. And he didn't do that. I mean, he did amazing to do what he did, win it and get third. But he didn't do that. And I know that he'll probably now be thinking he wants to win that fifth tour next year. So I said a few weeks ago that we you can, we haven't seen the last of him. And I'm sure he'll be back next year focusing on tour and trying to win a fifth tour. So, um, But again, I think the overriding, they've been the dominant team all season. Um, the best team in the world. And um, they've proved it again, you know. Other riders to mention, Kwiatkowski won multiple titles in an incredible year for him as well. Yeah, breakthrough again. You know, I mean, I know we've seen his class before, but this year, I mean, he's just been, he's just solid, isn't he? And but for a few crashes in the world, so we might have seen a bit more of him, but he, he's, I think he'd be the first name on anyone's team sheet. Um, he's just uh, he a lot, get, gets, uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves a lot of the time because just, he's, oh, there's Kwiatkowski, he's amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of, you don't realise some days, some, particularly in the tour, some of the, you know, more than willing things like Milan San Remo and that. Some of the days in the mountains where he would literally ride to a standstill, swing over yeah. and couldn't ride anymore. I mean, that they were impressive, more impressive than maybe the wins he has. And that's almost yeah. what he's like transformed himself into is that yeah. Grand Tour Domestique. That's probably not like his natural habitat was more of a Milan San Remo type of race. So it's more impressive when you see a rider suddenly pulling massive mountain turns and you think, okay, that's actually what was out of your your comfort zone yeah. when you first like joined that team probably so that's for me like more impressive to see those ones where he swings off yeah and he almost stops his bike and has a break yeah. and carries on yeah. Peter Sagan won the green jersey yet again in the tour as well as three stages plus he won Ghent Wevelgem he won Paris-Roubaix how would you rate him this year given his ridiculously high standards probably I would say it's his best season yeah, yeah definitely his best season that big, big classic win, which he got finally in Roubaix, the way he did it as well, the way, the length he went from the finish um, and to win on the Velodrome as world champion as well. I mean, it was amazing, yeah. I think, again, with him, the standard's so high, isn't it? It almost becomes like a norm that you like read it off and it's like, oh, yeah, Sagan. Yeah, but I think, yeah. yeah, it's been, yeah, to have Roubaix is, yeah. makes um, it bigger than, it, than ever before. Yeah. Uh, mentioned for Primus Roglic as well another rider who's had a great year wins at the Tour of the Basque Country the Tour de Romandie a Tour of Slovenia stages at Tirreno Adriatico Tour of Britain Tour de France is there more to come from Primus Roglic? Well yeah definitely I mean I'm so impressed with him just um, the way he's in interviews as well obviously not having a cycling background so kind of being a little bit raw and maybe not having the knowing it too much about the history of cycling or what he was about to accomplish and all that i think that that's refreshing as well to see that um and i, I think he'll be back we saw him, of course at the tour of britain as well which was good for the tour of britain and i think the whole podium at the tour of britain they were all from the tour de france and big races so 100 percent, he'll be back next year and he's definitely got a grand tour winning him somewhere anyone else stand out from 2018 that we haven't mentioned I mean, Simon Yates, we've, like, we've yes. not talked about yes. Simon, Simon Yates, Yates. Yeah. His, his year. Yeah, I mean, just 
the learning experience yeah. he's been through from the, the Giro, of the Giro yeah. to, to winning the Vuelta. And I said week one on the Vuelta that I didn't think he could repeat that form twice, but he has done it. And he's, you know, I only found out again the other day, he's only 26 because he feels like he's been doing yeah. this for years. Um, he's got, God, he's got another 10 years in him yet. I think also what happened at the Giro tends to be on those things. People say, oh, it's a learning experience, but you never really see it play out in like that smaller window of time that one Grand Tour within a season yeah. to another. Normally it's like, okay, in a couple of years, they then like, you know, get some more maturity in their race and they get, you know, they learn from their experience. Whereas to see it literally from, you know, the Giro to the Vuelta, he like, you know, almost transformed his riding and yeah. his mentality. And that's, it's special to see it play out in one year, one season. Mm. Okay, let's move on to women's cycling now. Now, before Molly gives us a review of the year, I don't know if you've seen the recent news that Italian Vittoria Bussi has broken the women's hour record. She covered 48.007 kilometres in the hour and has only been a cyclist for five years, which is not a bad achievement, is it? <laughs> it's not bad, is it? No. I think it's also impressive that she, you know, she, did, she attempted it one day, did like 45 minutes of the effort, they cut it short and then she actually broke it the next day. Mad. Which I think is like mad that you have it in your legs yeah. to do it. I thought there's no way she's going to do I it the next day. I saw some bloke the other day with a moustache. Yeah. <laughs> he did 4.07 for individual pursuit. Broke the world record. Yeah. And it's like gone unnoticed, you know. Amazing. Like he's gone faster than like team pursuits have gone. And I don't the world's going mad. Yeah. How do you come back from 45 minutes of effort the day before? And... I have no idea. I saw it on Twitter or something that she'd, she'd abandoned it, but she will try again tomorrow. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice, but like you're not going to do it the next day, are you? Yeah. And then she did. So, yeah, that really impressive, impressive, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's look back on the year then. It's been all conquering for Annemiek van Vluten. She won the Giro Rosa, La Course, the Holland Ladies Tour, uh, World Championship to come, of course, as well. How does she keep doing it, Molly? I think none of us know, and that's you know what people are trying to figure out maybe to try and beat her. I think she wasn't as dominant in the early season. Um, I mean, she she had big wins, but actually Van der Bregen was a little bit more dominant there, and then she's kind of faded away. But I'm not sure with them if it's a bit of a change in team dynamic this year. So before um, what was Orica, which now Mitchton Scott, the the women's team was actually part of the Australian Institute, so it was kind of like the British cycling of of Australia. So there was always a weird dynamic with the team, and they never felt they really clicked. That they were fighting each other for national selection, and then this year it does seem like from the outside that's the team that's really in the same way we we're saying about Quickstep. Yeah, that's the team that's become this like unit. Suddenly, there's all that fighting is gone. They're suddenly a team that actually is you know they're enjoying it. They're in it for each other. And Amanda Spratt became her like right hand woman, and then she had a break breakthrough year. And I think. Maybe it's just that, that t they're riding that wave of just this incredible team dynamic and leadership yeah. that's really meaning that as a unit, they're just riding better than anyone else and then they're launching her into this, you know, <laughs> this level that's just above what anyone else can sustain. How she do you think that uh, Lizzie will fare next year coming back to the sport? I think that'll be New an team. interesting one, yeah. Because that's going to be a yeah. powerful squad, yeah. isn't it? Oh, well. yeah, that's, uh, that's Maybe, phenomenal. You know, obviously, yeah. after giving birth and stuff, it'll be interesting to see how she comes back. Yeah, quite often. I mean, she's been riding a lot still, yeah. so it's not like she's just dropped off in. It may do a good year out as well. You just you Yeah, know. and also you get you actually get biological benefits from having a baby yes. in the short term. So you don't know if you know she'll come into the early yeah. season next year and maybe the Ardennes and things and still be flying high. But you, you never know with, obviously... You, what your body's gone through but also mentally you've now yeah you've now got a child your life's changed so you don't know you know how yeah, that's going to yeah. impact the psychology of it but I think she's going to be on the biggest team and the best team in the world you yeah. know that team's going to be bigger than anything else so it'll be interesting to see if she now is comes back to being world dominating yeah so that's someone we should definitely look out for next year anyone else stand out as someone to have a great 2019 
I think there are some like coming through. I think someone like Cassia Numidoma, she's one who like for a few years she's been podiuming in World Tour and then she got her first win this year. Then she's had a little bit of a quiet season for her, but you think she's been that one who's just been touted as like the next big thing for a while. I'm not sure if that's gonna actually like break through next year, maybe. And and yeah, yeah, I think you can tell maybe in the British riders, someone like Danny Rowe or Hannah Barnes, they kind of seem to be building up and you don't know if one of them's gonna maybe come through as well. And uh, Brad, how are your plans for a women's cycling team coming on? Very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're just, just, yeah, it's um, proving quite difficult actually. But there's not many riders left on the market now either. We, when you start looking at this late stage of the season, we're still working at it. But it may be that it's just a development squad rather than a squad that compete at world tour level. And particularly with Matt Pryor now with one pro um, falling away from the men's side, they're looking at establishing a, a women's world tour team. But Again, this late in the day, you kind of wonder how many what top riders they're going to be left in the market, you know, to, to be competitive with the likes of Trek next season. And it's 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 a it's yeah, quite a tough tough to unless you get started early in it. And this is weird time now where the women's side is kind of preparing for the two tier system. Yeah. So it's kind of all the teams are having a bit of a mix up, and the minimum wages may be coming in and. You can see that actually a lot of the teams are kind of grappling to adapt before it actually happens. Yeah, and you don't have the kind of the depth either. So when you're looking at a development squad, you know, the, all the top girls are already in British cycling in that in that system. So you're kind of not left with much after that, really. You're um, almost looking for someone who's on the way back. Maybe they've been casually doing some cyclocross now and again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave that hanging in the air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to stay upright, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that is all from this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show. Thanks for joining us over the summer, throughout the tour, and Vuelta as well. Thanks very much, Brad. Are you, are you back to the rowing now? No. 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 No rowing. No. I'm still training every day, most days with it, but um, I'm, I've decided to not. I'm not going for the Olympics because I've got too much other stuff to do, and uh, yeah, I need to give myself a break punishing schedule isn't it just, and... I've got time to train three times a day three times a day pretty yeah oh. That, oh. to the level I want to do it to it's <laughs> it's a full time job in itself and with the Adam Green show and that it's just there's too much going on <laughs> it's taking up all your time uh, thank you as well Molly good luck with the cyclocross thanks I'm I hope it, it. <laughs> well. uh, this has been a Muddy Knees media production for Eurosport thank you for listening and goodbye Visit Eurosport.com and the Eurosport app for an unrivaled world championship experience. Watch live video streams of every race with a host of extra features. There's up-to-the-minute live blogging and analysis from Felix Lowe and in-depth breakdowns of the showpiece events in how the race was won, plus comprehensive news, race clips and the best of Eurosport's live coverage. Eurosport.com is the only place you need to be throughout the world championships. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.